This podcast is a member of the Place to Be Nation family. Visit us at placetobenation.com, the only place to be in your pop culture world. Welcome to episode 30 of Chicken Todd. My name is Ben Locke, and let me bring in my two co-hosts for this evening. First of all, a man who has managed to survive doing podcasts with me for two, for two and a half years now. It's Logan Crosland. Good evening, Logan. That's multiple pods for two and a half years. But and, yeah, it's been, it's been a fun ride, and it will continue to be a fun ride. I know, uh, right? So, yeah. <laughs> Good to see you. Uh, good to good to be here tonight. Um, thank well, thank you for being here. Mm-hmm. Thanks for having me. It's all right. <laughs> and my other, <laughs> you're very welcome. You can you can keep on being my returning <laughs> guest host. This is this is great. <laughs> my other co-host tonight is a man who somehow managed to do podcasts for even longer with me, as we're now at the, our three-year anniversary, and he also managed to survive a very drunken weekend with me in early September. It's Mr. Callum McDougall. Good evening, Callum. Good evening. I was, I was, I'm, I'm glad that you've, that you've said that I have enjoyed your company for longer than Logan. I always thought you were, thought you were bigging Logan up there for surviving two and a half years, but right, three years strong here, Benjamin. <laughs> three years strong. Three years, and I've, I have, I have actually bought you a beer. So, Callum won Logan now. You have actually bought me a beer. I can go, I, I, I can go steady with multiple people. You know. Well, just, I, I didn't realise we were in an open relationship here, Ben. Well, you know, I, I hate to break it to you in public, but I didn't, I didn't, I didn't know, I didn't know that we were that we were a thruple. <laughs> and if we had, if we had Rory and Sean in, then it, and Matt, it gets all very confusing. And that, Lewis, I, God, I forgot about Lewis. Oh, is that, is that, is that a sex thruple? A, a sex thruple? Oh, it's a human centipede that nobody needs to think about. Oh, Jesus. Let's, let's move on very quickly. Uh, Logan, tonight... That you, <laughs> I, I think that would probably wait. Oh, Logan, tonight, you picked the show that we have watched uh, and we're going to review for everybody. Better, ladies and gentlemen, know what your thought process was and what we are going to be watching or reviewing, I should say. Well, I've been listening to the Ruthlessly Aggressive pod since its inception, and he's in 2003, and I just know that that is a uh, very downtrodden year uh, for the company, uh, mostly because of who the guy on top is, on the raw side at least. Um, and, you know, this is a show that I've somewhat enjoyed uh, in the past, and I think we'll kind of get into that as we as we go through it, but... Um, yeah, I, I, it's a show that I just really wanted to watch again because I feel like it may be not loved by other people, but I've always enjoyed it. So I just kind of wanted to see where uh, maybe some other people landed on it. So that was my thought process. Okay, cool. Uh, so, Callum, um, how how long has it been since you watched uh, Miss Survivor Series 2003? Um, it has been it has been many a year. Um, I had this on. I this is. 
back in the days where Sky Sports would give you 11, 11 of the pay-per-views? Eight think, of the no, pay-per-views think, for free, but Survivor Series was one of them. And yeah, I, had I, think, this, I, think, I had this on tape. Sorry to interrupt. I think, yeah. I think, um, I think the Rumble 2004 was the first one that was on pay-per-view. The, the rest were... Right. So, so, but Survivor Series was always Survivor Series was always free on Sky Sports. So I, I had this, I had this on tape. So it's probably been about, in saying that, I think it's probably been about 15, 10, 15 years since I've since I've seen it last. Mm. Yeah, it's been a few years. I had, I had, I had this on DVD, and uh, when I had the uh, the great DVD purge, uh, yeah, this went this went to the CEX in the Sky. Callum, you'll be. Uh... Please slash your shades now. I don't know. I don't know how you feel about that. You know, somebody in that CEX in the sky that you took it to, somebody get the benefit of it. Well, you know, I'm, you know, all these people, you know, I've, I haven't been in CEX for a while, but I'm just thinking like all these DVDs are in there that are like a pound or two pounds now. I know. It's, it's a wonderful place, it really is. And, 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 and if I was in CEX and Stoke on Trent, I would buy your copy of it. Oh, thank you. You're very I'm sure. I'm sure that you know there there is a CX equivalent in America for Logan. You know, I'm I'm sure it's also British, just the British thing. <laughs> I got nothing. <laughs> it's a, it's basically it's basically a second hand game and game CD and DVD shop. Uh, okay, I, I'd have to think about that, but I know that that exists somewhere over here, but I, I can't think of what it's called now. <laughs> <laughs> you get, you get, you get many delights in there, many delights. Right, gents, if we are ready, let's get ourselves to Dallas, Texas for the show. So it is Survivor Series 2003. The intro video focuses on the word survive and how it relates to all the big matches tonight and what people are willing to do to survive we go to the arena where michael cole and taz are calling the smackdown matches tonight and we open up with one of those said smackdown matches it is the smackdown survivor series match between john cena hardcore holly bradshaw chris benoit and kurt angle and they're taking on the team of a train nathan jones matt morgan the big show and brock lesnar John Cena here is taking his first baby steps into being a baby face as he runs down all his opponents tonight and he wants a one-night stand with Sable. Uh, I did write, Logan, I don't know if you have done it. I, I, I did write, I'm sure Logan has wrote down all the highlights of Cena's rap, so hopefully he has. I, mean, I should have asked him that before we came on there, but no, the kind of guy Logan is. Uh, <laughs> Michael Cole also points out that the heel team are the largest in Survivor Series history. Um, so I will go to Logan first. Now you get like my my feelings on this match. You get all that talent together. There is a lot of talent in that ring. This match felt very rushed. I think it was only about 10, 12 minutes for and you know, you get you get the first three eliminations in three minutes, basically, probably less than that. Yeah, the the beginning the when they did the eliminations it felt super rushed when they did them because it was like real quick at the beginning and then like there was a part in the middle where there were like three or four in a row and then you know it kind of finishes with the way it does. Um I did not write down uh any of the Cena lines, but I thought that a rap was mostly good other than the uh he had an afterbirth line. I didn't think that yes. was I thought that was kind of gross and unnecessary, <laughs> but other than that I thought the rap was pretty good. Like I like rapper Cena, so um I thought that was a good dive into that. Um 
I, I was – my first initial thought on the face team was that Bradshaw felt very out of place. Um, but I think Cole says that both APA guys were supposed to be in this originally. I'm assuming Holly was the replacement because he had just come back from injury and had the thing with Brock. So um, I actually didn't hear that they said that this was the biggest team in history, but I made that comment. I actually said that day they have to be the biggest team just because every guy's like – every guy other than Brock is like seven feet tall and like probably – 300 something pounds so um holly gets eliminated before the bell even rings so i don't know how that works but i love that that happened i thought that was hilarious um you can kind of tell who they don't have any plans for going forward by how quickly some of them got eliminated a train bradshaw and then obviously holly holly gets a title match at royal rumble but um they obviously don't have too much plan for him past that i'm guessing um there was a big gap between eliminations once Bradshaw went out, but like like I said, when they did did get him, they went back to back to back. Um, I was kind of surprised by Angle's elimination, but I think they had their reasons they kind of wanted to make. Um, but what my next note says, they really did a good job establishing Cena and Benoit. I think they wanted to kind of establish those guys going forward, so that's why they kind of had them survive and not Angle. Um, but I, I really, really didn't expect uh, Lesnar to tap to Benoit, but I thought that made Benoit look like a badass. So that was really good booking to make Benoit kind of come off really well uh, where he's headed into the next year. But I really enjoyed this one for the most part, and I went three stars on it. Excellent. Uh, Callum, uh, Logan kind of just mentioned it there, but this was this was a big statement of intent from the booking committee and the two guys that won the match because we know we obviously know what Cena turned into and Benoit was getting primed for the biggest year of his career at this point. Yeah, well I've got one of my last ones is it's a this match was a great showcase for Benoit and Cena, which I think was the whole point of the match. Yes. It was to get the two of them over. And I believe if I, if my memory serves me right, I think John Cena was actually the replacement for Farouk. Because, yeah, because uh-huh. I think in the in lead up, the whole John Cena face turn came because Angle was asking him to be a part of his team. Um, uh-huh. the, uh, Benoit and, and and Cena came out looking excellent in this, and it was yeah a, a big statement of intent as you say for for Benoit to tap to tap Lesnar out. The one thing that that got me was how Lesnar at this point is a. Th- three-time champion at this point and could looked as if he could beat anywhere else in the world. He could <laughs> he looked as if he couldn't beat Arst being there. And you look at him now and he looks as if he's having the time of his life twenty odd years later. Um mm-hmm. Nathan Jones, I've got points on Nathan Jones, a guy who they tried to make a main eventer twice in two thousand three and gave up after weeks. Not even mm-hmm. months, weeks. Matt Morgan always seemed like a missed opportunity. You could tell he wasn't ready for it at this point in time because he even looked nervous coming out to the ring. Yeah. But I'm surprised. He's a guy that I'm surprised they never gave a shot after he, after one of his TNA runs. Um, Hardcore Holly, fair fucks to the guy. He managed to get himself a main event push after sandbagging a powerbomb from Brock Lesnar the year before. Um, but he was... You could tell it was... Bradshaw was there, A-Train, Holly, and to an extent, Jones and Morgan were there to make up the numbers um, to, to make this a Survivor Series match because they, they, certainly the first three, they get them out of there really quickly. It's like, you do not matter in this match. <laughs> um, 
so they got them out. Yeah, as as you say, Ben, it was it, for a Survivor Series match. Considering that they kept talking about the 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 team with Andre Bundy and oh, who else was the other guy that were mentioning? One anyway, man gang. One man gang. gang. In 1987, those matches last like half an hour, forty odd minutes. This one was in and out in less than twenty. Um, but I will never not be uh, impressed by John Cena getting the big show up for an FU. Mm-hmm. That was it. that I've was got, in, that was incredible. I've got that same note. The yeah. always impressive FU for the win. That was that was absolutely incredible. But what was also incredible for me was Cena coming out, and I don't know if this was the editing of the network version, but there was crickets for John Cena coming out to the ring. There was <laughs> silence for the man, and you think, and this, in, in a couple of years' time, this guy is going to get a reaction. Not necessarily the one that they want, but you'll never hear crickets for John Cena in an arena ever again. Um, but yeah, I went three stars on this one as well. It was perfectly, it was it was perfectly acceptable for what they were going for. Um, and once you got the 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 sort of the afterthoughts out um, out of the way, uh, it, 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 there was the, the, certainly the the end part was was very good. I, I went. I went. Sorry, go on, Logan. Yeah, just one quick little thing. If you think about the team, the the heel team, outside of the Big Show, literally none of those guys survive 2005 in the WWE. Big Show is mm. the only one that mm, is there yeah. in 2006. If you really think about it, and he's quite. Yeah, and he's he's barely there in 2006. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Well, um, he's, he's 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 there, but you, you might as well not be. <laughs> he's there in body, not necessarily in spirit. But yeah, that's a, big, that's a strange thing. Body. That's a strange thing to think about. Yeah. And then also, I don't know if you guys caught it, but Cole was trying to make the point about you know going back to what you said about Lesnar, Callum. Like, um, he's you know he's had this he's had this awful run at Survivor Series. You know, he's he's lost one match. So the A when they try to make it sound like a run, it's one match. And B, they were saying like they were trying to make it out to be this big thing and you're like, the guy who beat him is literally stood next to him in yeah. the corner. But that that's even like, even strange to think. So remember when Lesnar came back in twenty twelve, it was dealt like this big this big massive return. This legend has come back. His run was from the night after WrestleMania 18 to the night of WrestleMania 20. I mean, mm. the guy did so much in two years. Oh, yeah. It's really, it's, it's actually quite an incredible to think about. That he's, he's, done like, more, he's done more in two years than somebody like The Miz has done in 15, 16. Excuse me. Put some respect on Total Divas legend to The Miz's Sorry, team, sorry, sorry, sorry. sorry. I, I forgot we can't do anything. Total Diva, and and Total Mrs. Divas. Legend, Mr. Sir. Exactly. <laughs> apologies, 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 gents. Forgive me. Okay. Forgive it's okay. me. It's okay. You get one. You get one chance. Okay. Okay. That's that's fair. That's fair. Right. After the match, we go backstage where Vince McMahon walks into Shane's dressing room, and Vince points out that it's father and son tonight versus two brothers, and Vince knows he is being protected by a higher power, and wants to know how Shane is feeling. Shane says he feels sorry for Vince. And Vince decides at that point to walk out and not even argue. He but he runs into Stone Cold Steve Austin, who smiles and laughs, which makes Vince smile and laugh. Austin though is doing that big fake laugh thing, so he's he's able to stop immediately, and just walks away afterwards. 
Our second match of the evening is our first title match. It is for the women's title, and it features Lita versus Molly Holly. Um, now, Callum, you know, I, I, I know I've been critical of certain people, you know, who get this legendary status, but um, you get the, you know, the word legend bandied around them. Um, but Lita, apart from flying around and doing a moonsault, what, 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 what's she done? Have I missed something? <laughs> Ben, have you been have you been reading my have you been reading my notes, sir? Because I oh, have okay. got here, I have <laughs> got here. I could never tell if Lita was good or not in the ring. Is my very first note. <laughs> it's like, is she is, is she is she good because she's obviously she's she hung about with the Hardys for that point who were like one of the most over uh, acts in the company at the time, and she sort of. She's well remembered because she was sort of attached to Team Extreme and all that sort of thing. Um, but I, she was she was a highlight of the women's division where the, the women's division where there was none really. Um, I, I think she'd be. I think she'd been lucky. I, I do think that obviously she she has been one. She she was one of the most popular women in the company. And you can never take that away from her. But in ring, I, I just think back to the time that they keep talking about how she's got a broken, she had a broken neck. Because um, mm. I, re- I remember I, re- I remember that happened, but not long after WrestleMania 17, I don't think mm. it, it happened. Um, and they were talking about that, but I just remember with this broken, the his- this history of the broken neck, she almost broke her neck again against Trish. If you remember that disgusting suicide yes, dive, she, had, she, went head, yes. she went head first into the thing, and I'm going... And I have the same thing just now. I have the same thing just now with, and you know this, because I think we've talked about it on the special relations at one point with Sasha Banks. Mm. I just don't think she knew what her limitations were. She didn't mm. wrestle within her ability, sort of thing. She always tried something too much. Um, so I don't know if that's it. But yeah, I, I, I've got yeah. I could never, I can never tell with Lita. Well, I think, and I think a comparison, you know, we, as we are talking tonight, we are recording on the night of Full Gear, and we are seeing somebody tonight, come, a woman come back tonight with a history of neck problems who is prob- probably thinks she's better than what she actually is. And like you say, what can she, what, what can she do rather, or what, what, what can she actually do versus what she thinks she can do? That's, that is a very, that's actually a very, very good comparison because. You can probably think of a time that both of these, both of the women, Paige or, or Serea and Lita, came through at a time where there wasn't much of a women's division to to speak of, or certainly ability-wise. Total divas aside, obviously. <laughs> obviously. Um, but <laughs> like the 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 stalwarts of your division are, um, are are, are the Bella twins. Who who were, were perfectly fine, uh, Natalia. Your your yes, your 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 Mailey on 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 Natty. I know that um, Rory's a big fan. Oh yeah. But but beyond that, who else have you got? I, there's not a lot of there's slim pickings. Eva Marie, God love her, she was a trier, okay. But she was never she's never she's not going to she's not Ric Flair, um. Or Shawn Michaels, so I think that Lita and Paige are very much similar, and they came through at the right time. And 
I, I, yes, as, as, as the good lady behind me is giving it all, hi guys, Pedge, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. my God. Paige might be remembered bit more for that, that one, that one, that one ad break at the middle of WrestleMania than anything else. But oh, Paige and Lita on. might be very similar and they came through at exactly the right time and people might think more fondly of them because of that but would Lita survive in the women's division now? I don't think so um, I've noticed Callum we've not spoke much about the match not fondly <laughs> the match good focus on the neck uh, which was the story because obviously Lita was just recently back um, my only other note is that they, they did the um, they did the uh, Molly did the handspring elbow, which um, JR said was shades of the Great Muta, as opposed to China, who made it fashionable <laughs> in the country. In the company, they said it's 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 um, uh, shades of the Great Muta. Which, to be fair, I, I was going to be compared to the Great Muta as, as opposed to China myself. Um, and if you want to if you want to hear more about the Great Muta and a handspring elbow, episode number two of Starflation that three of us covered a few months back. Oh, very very beautiful, good. Beautiful. Thank there you. you go. Uh, that that segue. My, 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 I was going to say my total divas moment of the night coming up because uh, you mentioned Natty, so that's just making me think of uh, Natty's sister. So thank you for that. You are very, very welcome. So thank you. Um, uh, the, yeah, I, I would say that that segue there or that plug was perfectly fine, much like this match. I gave us two stars because it did what it needed to do. I get in, I get out. It was fine. My my very last point. Um, this was fine. Two stars. <laughs> we have ben, so we have we, have, we have copied we, each other's notes. We have we have so aligned. <laughs> now, Cal- uh, Logan, sorry. Um, so we 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 mentioned uh, the Soraya, Soraya Lita comparison. Um, I'm going to say I'm going to carry on that analogy a little bit further. Um, so Soraya tonight is going to be facing a ring general in Britt Baker, and let's let's be positive here because we haven't mentioned it yet. Molly Holly in this match is fantastic. Yeah, th- th- this whole conversation makes me think that, like, I-, I-, I really think that deep down Molly Holly's much more underrated in the history of the women's division. Than, oh, totally. totally. You, know, you know, as much as Lita may be overrated in some people's minds, I think Molly Holly's the exact opposite. I think she's criminally underrated. I think she was a general in the ring, kind of like you were saying. Uh, throughout this time and you know she she made others look good in ways that you know maybe some people can't uh, recognize or we we didn't recognize when it was happening uh, live and all that you know my my mileage varies on Lita I think she's a really good character in the edge stuff a few years later but I, I think that's where she's at her best when she's kind of the manager kind of the skeezy you know hanging out with the skeezy asshole that's the champion and all that kind of stuff helping him win and stuff like that her entering style I mean, yeah, I think it's kind of dangerous, like y'all are saying. I think she had, you know, she had a limited, uh, well, not limited. I think she had very limited time that she was going to be able to be and go as hard as she can or did. Um, because, you know, she was just throwing her body all over the place and, you know, landed on her neck. And, you know, she hurts her leg in the uh, <laughs> the humid skies of Puerto Rico at that oh, yes. uh, New was, Year's Revolution. So, oh, yeah, I remember um, that. But, uh but yeah, that was that was uh, that was because of the humidity, as we always say. Um, but, <laughs> um, but but yeah, she had a very dangerous style, so she was you know you know she she was gonna end up hurting 
you know, if she kept going, I think she retired at the right time. I think she, you know, I think she understood that, you know, if she kept wrestling the way she was, uh, she was going to, uh, she was going to get worse hurt than she probably was and mess up her neck even more. So I think she kind of got out at the right time, but um, yeah, I went two stars as well. I thought it was perfectly fine, but I mean, this is as good as a, this is as good a wrestling match in the women's division as there probably was in this whole period with these, with this like round of girls before they kind of started focusing a little bit more on the in ring and stuff. Uh, quite right. I've no shame, and we are agreeing far too much tonight. So like, look, you know, let's try and find some sort of, uh, I think there's something coming up later on. I don't know. If, I don't know if we're going to disagree on this next match, which is Shane McMahon versus Kane. Um, we get a very good operatic video package before the match, but that does remind you of a lot of the crap that took place in this feud, such as electrocuting the old testes, which, you know, was something <laughs> that we needed to see in 2003. Uh, my second note also, re- the second re- note reads, the vehicle that's very generously referred to as an ambulance reverses on the entryway. Um, so, Logan, they were going for this big, epic match, epic feel, you know, with all the usual Shane spots, but I don't know about you, but I just found this very dull. It was just a lot of punching and kicking and, like, say, the, the usual Shane rubbish. And it was like, it was just there. Yeah, this is where we may start to disagree a little bit. Oh, okay, um, here we go, here we go, here we go. Because the Shane, Shane rubbish is kind of my my, my thing. I, I, really <laughs> like, I, I really like watching Shane get thrown around and throw his body around and stuff like that. So, um, But I, I, I enjoy this match. I do. It is a lot of walking around, and there's a lot of walking brawl and stuff. So I, I do agree that it, it, it goes a little long, and it may be a little bit boring in parts. Um, but I, I do enjoy it for the most part. Um, Shane almost legitimately kills Kane on the opening attack. Like, uh, Kane's up against the ropes and he clotheslines him out. And Kane, if you, it, the camera doesn't really catch it, but Kane almost lands on his head. Uh, so it would have almost been over like seconds in if he had landed like straight on his head and broke his neck and all that. But, uh, he, he luckily lands, uh, safely. Um, a uh, little bit after that, uh, I always hate when they do the chairs to the stairs and like, like that hurts worse if you hit the chair into the stairs and then it hits their face or lands on their head or whatever. I've always hated that spot. Um, Shane went to the flying elbow early. I thought that was crazy. He kind of hits it like maybe two minutes into the match. Um, I love that Shane had a backup ambulance in the back. I think that was the actual ambulance if they had like an injury throughout the night. Uh, <laughs> you know, but you know, they used it as kind of a prop at one point. Um, but uh, the camera crew apparently was not ready for this match as they had multiple black screen moments and the crowd is very pissed about it because they go <laughs> backstage at one point and the, uh, I don't know if a cord gets pulled or something like that, but they had multiple like cutouts. So that happens. Um, so many brutal weapon shots uh, and running people's brains into hard surfaces. They get a couple of, uh, you know, runs heads first into the ambulance and then head first into the walls and stuff like that. The backing up of the car into Kane, who goes through the glass. Um, just a lot of brutal spots. Um, the trash can spot where he kind of sets the little box up in front of Kane and puts the trash can in front of his face I thought that spot was top notch he jumps from top the top of the ambulance and kicks it to his face um and then the disgusting tombstone spot on the concrete aisleway was a gross way to finish it but um i went two and a half uh like i said mileage may vary on this match but i enjoy it 
Ah, we, we were at Miles Park, so I, I went one and a half on it. So we were, we're not exactly we're not exactly far away. So, mm-hmm. um, Callum. But what I will say is, um, you know, I know Americans sort of uh, think our health system's a bit weird in this country. <laughs> you know, that's the whole we get free healthcare and all that. Um, but if I saw that ambulance coming towards coming to get me, you know, take me to hospital, um, I take my chances and get a taxi. I don't know about you. Callum, you're on mute. Callum, you're <laughs> muted. Apologies, I'm going on about ambulances here as well. I said it did look, <laughs> it did look fairly official. However, um, the one note I've got about the ambulance is um, now it backed up. Okay, so gents, humour me here for a second. It backed up, so it's obviously powered. And what is powering it? Okay, I'll tell you, petrol. Was powering it. <laughs> it was really close to the pyro when it went off. And I'm thinking, you have got you have got an arena full of people and you have got an ambulance which has got some amount of petrol in it. Okay, that's a recipe for disaster. That was that, that, that should not be that close to people. Um, it, and I, I watched I watched the thingy the, the, the start of it and, and and we're making fun of the 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 the, the, the testes being um being being electrocuted um and the 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 awful uh, unforgiving last man standing and, and and the stuff that went into that but this is probably with the exception of Team Hell No the last time that Kane had a really good character because you bought yes. into the fact that he was he was an evil evil bastard um. And I was terrified of him at this point. I so, won't so was I. Um, I. He was actually more terrifying before he changed his gear. So remember, he had the, they had the full singlet with the mask. Mm-hmm. He took yeah. the mask off, and he still had uh, the singlet on. He looked well, worse there. Sorry, sorry to cut in on you, Callum, because Logan's the film guy. Uh, is this before or after See No Evil? Oh, uh, way before it. That's not till like 06. 06. Okay. Oh yeah, that's the, that's that's yeah, the main night. That's the May nineteenth. You're basically, yeah. you're, basically, you're basically building up to that character, aren't you? <clears throat> With the way he's looking and just the way he acts. Mm-hmm. Yes, and so you're getting into that sort of that sort of territory. Um, also, slow chemical. This is the, the this is the, <laughs> the, the first banger of an entrance theme. Um, I just want to give that give that some love. Um, King mentions that they're talking about. Um, Shane coming out and uh, <clears throat> King says this is WWE we don't always have happy endings a, a, a term I didn't really fully understand until t- September the 3rd 2022 um, oh oh <laughs> the scores are still real ladies and gentlemen <laughs> fucking right there um, <laughs> now the elbow off the top rope Logan mentioned that Wrestlemania 17 has got a lot to answer for for that move because I, he he he, he, he Shane basically spunked all of these really, really good spots <laughs> early doors. Okay, there was. He didn't! He didn't! There was. I feel, I feel sorry for his missus, honestly. He's got three kids! Somehow. But, I think. He just, everything came out really, really quickly. It was just like, buff, buff, buff. So there's the elbow. There, I'm going to run the man over. 
and then going to go and it was just like spot to spot to spot and I just King of the Ring 2001 this was not okay I love mm-hmm. King of the Ring 2001 um, I don't remember him running down and running Kane over and there was one point that Kane took and, and one of the things it was absolutely disgusting but Kane took a shot from the ambulance back door mm. right to the face yeah, and like he did not get his hands up. I don't know if he wasn't expecting it, but he got that right on the kisser, and it was disgusting. Well, um, they obviously, well, they obviously were expecting as well Kane to be so forceful in throwing Shane actually onto the windscreen. No, well, there is that as well. Crack. There was that as well. I, I just like Shane's had better matches. And I talk about I talk about seven WrestleMania seventeen and King of the Ring two thousand and one. I just in terms of Shane, because we've spoken about this before and we'll probably speak about it later on in the show, that Shane has a really, really good match-to-great-match ratio. You've, you've, up until very recently, any time that Shane actually actually was in a match, they were intended to be quite... They tend to be really good. This mm. one, I, this one I, watching that again, it was just... There was something missing for it from me. It, for, from it for me, sorry. So I I went two on it. It wasn't bad, but it wasn't up to Shane's usual standards. I'm with you. I'm with you. But yeah, I mean, it was just. I mean, I tell, I mean, it was just things like little things like I say. There just happened to be two boxes there for Shane to perfectly place onto <laughs> onto onto Kane so he could use it as a crash mat. I'm like, oh no, really. <laughs> And then he and then he only just kicks him in the face. He, he gets all his body on the crash mat and then just just literally just sticks two legs out. It's like, oh, what are you doing, lad? <laughs> to be fair, it was that or a broken back. He has. Well, yeah, he was either going to snap or snap his spine or break we his skull. <laughs> we were talking about we were talking about those three kids. It was either three kids or becoming a vegetable for the rest of his life. <laughs> I mean, to be fair. It was to be, to be to be fair, like you know, there was there was no way like we've mentioned some absolute brutal spots in there, but there was a whole lot of shit. That's why that's why I could only go one and a half on it. Right after the match, gents, we head backstage where Brock Lesnar is back is with Josh Matthews and assures everyone that he didn't lose and he didn't tap out. And anyone who says different won't survive the night because he's he's denying all plausibility and probability of anything happening. His train of thought, though, gets interrupted by seeing Bill Goldberg for the first time, apparently, who introduces himself to Brock, and that lays down the work for what is coming in about six months' time. The coach comes out to ringside to let everybody know that he is okay following the assault by the Dudley boys, and in a few short days, he will be back to 100%. On his way out, he spots Mark Cuban, the owner of the Dallas Mavericks, who says what he is looking forward to the most tonight is Stone Cold Steve Austin kicking Eric Bischoff's ass. He also says that all refs suck, but Bischoff comes out and wants Cuban in the ring. He obliges, and Bischoff lays in some smack talk and then slaps Cuban, who shoves Bischoff down. Randy Orton sneaks up behind and turns Cuban around and hits the RKO. A couple of questions, Logan, because, you know, my my knowledge of some American sport is great. Um, Is Mark Cuban still around? Is he still a thing? 
Yes, there's a show called Shark Tank that comes on a, uh, I think it comes on ABC over here in the States, um, where they, like, people come in with, like, business plans and business ideas to pitch to these billionaires, and Mark Cuban is one of the billionaires on that show that can, like, Ah. invest or say, no, I think that's a stupid idea. So, yeah, he's very much in the vernacular still, so very, very famous, very famous owner. Uh, he's one of the more famous sports owners. I, there, I, I had I had heard I had heard of him, but I just wanted yeah, to make yeah. sure. Like, uh, so that's short tanks. That's that's yeah. Dragon's Den, isn't it? So yes, it, yes, it's Dragon's Den. So which yeah, one? Which one came Dragon's first? Den. Dragon's what? Which one came first? Dragon's Den or uh, Short Tank? I'm guessing well, we probably came. I, I would. I, I'm going to go with y'all. Probably did that one first, and we probably copied. <laughs> well, you know, some, sometimes we come up with it's a good idea. Sometimes we come up with a good idea. I will, I will try and find my favourite Shark Tank moment was in Australia, and the guy tried to tried to say he was going to he'd, he'd invented a bike to win the mm. Tour de France, but it was right. actually he'd, but he couldn't win the Tour de France because it was actually illegal. Ah! So there you go. <laughs> but apart from apart from that, it was fine. Apart from that, and the guy goes, "Yes, you know, mate, you, you know, you can't do that. Bloody illegal." <laughs> I, I thought you were going to say he's, he's trying to get Lance Armstrong to ride. <laughs> we will we will win the Tour de France in, in five years. He goes, no, you won't. You can't ride that type of bike. Was he, like, de um, was he like, um, 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 yeah, you can. Was, and he was asking for like 120 million US, uh, Australian dollars. Was, <laughs> nah, mate. <laughs> and, Sorry, Sheila. It, it's, um, and, and I've just checked. Dragon's Den did, did come first. Ah, okay, cool. Yeah, it came uh, well before it actually. <laughs> so, like I say, sometimes we do come up with a good idea. Some, you know, but occasionally, mm. not recently. And, and we and we are very much known for stealing ideas. So I, 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 I won't even <laughs> back away from that one. So <laughs> that is true. Uh, after the attack, Evolution is shown backstage with a group of lovely ladies, with, and Ric Flair has to tell all the girls not to have their way with Triple H before the match. Before his match tonight, Randy Orton shows back up and explains that Mark Cuban is a legend that needed to be killed. And Triple H wraps it up by saying this is going to be Evolution's night. Uh, I mean, Randy was enjoying himself. And that, that one girl, he, you know, flicked Randy's nipple. She was very much enjoying herself, I thought. And I was like, yeah, go, you, you go, boy. <laughs> Our next match in the ring is for the SmackDown Tag Team Championships. Where we have got the team of Los Guerreros versus the Bastion Brothers, who are Dougie and Danny. Michael Cole tells us that on SmackDown, it's all about the superstars. And in the next breath, focuses in on what the Bastions and Shaniqua are wearing and that Taz really likes going to the Dominatrix store. Um, Callum, I mean, oh, I mean, I know I don't, I know I, I say this a lot about the Usos, but. Oh, I'm talking Danny, possibly the most blandest tag team you've ever, ever seen. Oh, I don't think that's possibly about it. I mean, <laughs> I these guys, I never got it about these guys. I know they're like, I've got I've got a note, note here going, oh, goody, the brother's gimp. Right, I, <laughs> I, 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 don't, I never got it. And then they put them in this stupid fucking gimmick. Like it's not long after this. I think they've only just started this from what um Cole and Taz were saying on 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 the commentary. But 
they've only just started this, but it comes, it becomes like by the time they get to No Way Out 2004, it's full fucking ball gag in the gub uh, stuff. It's like, it's like, it really, really, I, 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 and even then, right, they were never interested. I, they, I, I've got a note here as well and he, listen, this is as good as it got for Chavo Guerrero okay? he must have pleaded not to break up Los Guerreros because I've got here the other three in the ring do not deserve to be in the same ring as Eddie Guerrero like, that, he <laughs> lowered himself and he, he was a fucking trooper because he took that body slam and that clothesline from Shaniqua on the outside he was a trooper by the way um, but I've got here the beginning of the end because I remember watching this I remember watching this back in the day and, and it all unravelled, obviously, by the end you get um, Eddie, uh, sorry, Chavo kicking Eddie in the back and you're thinking, even as a age would I have been at this point? 12? So I'm starting to know a bit better about, about how the graps works and um, you're thinking, oh no, this is this is all going to unravel, this is the beginning of the end. Now, being a massive Eddie Guerrero fan at the time, Eddie is is, is up there with one of my favourite guys, if not the, my favourite guy of all time. You see Eddie and you're like, you, 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 not knowing where he was going by the February, you think, oh no, this is the, this is the, this is the end of Los Guerreros. And I was actually quite upset. Looking at it now, as a jaded, 30, jaded haggard 31-year-old, I'm thinking, No, Eddie, not you. Eddie deserved so much better than this pish. Um, one and a half. It was perfectly fine. It was it was mechanically stable. It was it was it was ne- it was never going to be five stars. It was perfectly fine. It got over the fact that you're having the bit of the descent between Eddie and Chavel, but Eddie, I'm glad Eddie got moved out of this sort of thing post haste after this. Yeah, I think I think Logan, it's fair to say that you know as bland as as bland as the Bashams are, that you know Eddie's charisma, you know, we we've, we've talked about ring generals once already tonight. This is another example of a guy somehow getting three totally unwatchable drecks to a to a perfectly good tag match. Yeah, exactly. And I, I thought Eddie's aggressiveness to kind of start the match was really awesome. I thought he really went at him. Um, and that they kind of talked about on commentary how the Bashams and just kind of stuff in Eddie's personal life have been like a living hell for the last month or so. They talked about some I can't exactly remember the 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 exact details of it, but they talked about it a lot at the beginning of the match. Mm. Um, but the one thing that I really thought about this whole match was like, you know, Shaniqua, Linda Miles, whatever you want to call her. Um, it, it's kind of a real tragedy that she never really could get the hang of the wrestling side of things because her, with her size and you know how big she is and how just how jacked and muscly she is, I think she could have been a huge star if she ever could have gotten the wrestling part of the part of it down, but she just never mm-hmm. did. So, um, but that's just a thought that I had during the match. But um, I thought it was perfectly fine, like Callum said. I, I didn't even think Chavo looked bad. Um, but the Bashams are just bland and all that kind of stuff. I, like, I agree with all that y'all said. Um, and the only note that I have is uh, the Shaniqua, like, spanking spot and where they kind of beat her up. I just put, oh, boy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I went two. That's kind of my perfectly fine rating. But, uh, yeah, it, was, it wasn't anything special. I went, I went a scoosh above. I went two and a quarter, but like it was okay. You know, I think that was just more my love of Eddie than you know anything yeah. else just coming through. 
Um, so yes, gentlemen, at this point, we are four matches down. We've got the three main event matches to go, including a world title match, uh, the very battle for Vizbet Mansoul, apparently, and probably <laughs> one of the, and probably one of the greatest performances of all time in in a Survivor Series match coming up. Um, so for Callum McDougall and Logan Groslin, I'm Ben Locke, and we will see you on the other side. Welcome back to episode 30 of Chicken Salad. My name's Ben Lock. I'm here with Callum McDougall and Luke Groslin, and we are talking all things Survivor Series 2003, so let's get back to it. Our next match in the ring is the Raw Survivor Series match, which pits Chris Jericho, Christian, Randy Orton, Mark Henry, and Scott Steiner, who are representing Eric Bischoff tonight, and they are facing the team of Shawn Michaels, the Dudley Boys, Rob Van Dam, and Booker T, who are representing Steve Austin. If Austin's team win, Austin can get physically involved with the wrestlers again, because at the moment he cannot touch a wrestler unless physically provoked. However, if Austin's team loses the match tonight, he is fired and will never be seen from the WWE again. I'll let you uh, put your own yeah right in there. Um, Austin's team has two men from the great state of Texas with him, in the form of Shawn Michaels and Booker T. Another man who's from the great state of Texas is Booker T's former tag team partner. He was known as Goldust. He was also known in WCW as Dustin Rhodes. And you may know him better as... Well, they call him the natural. Natural. Natural as can be. They call him the natural. Natural. It comes naturally. He's the son of a son. And son of a gun. The hearts does the rodeo bulldog. He's the natural one. Beautiful. Beautiful. Um, now, on this podcast, as you know, we like to find the positives in pretty much anything. Um, so I am going to Callum first as Shawn Michaels, Marcus Mark number one. Um, and let's be positive. Let's let's go with this, because this is genuinely one of the greatest performances in Survivor Series history. We've got one, Mr. S. Michaels. 
Uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it is a it's a goat performance from a goat performer. Um, yeah, it's yeah, it's 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 perfect. It's a perfect performance for the story that they're look that they're that they're wanting to tell, and there was no better person to to tell that story than Shawn Michaels. Um, I think I think everyone in the match played their part. I mean, you're looking you're looking at the teams. There's twelve guys involved if you include Austin and Bischoff. Nine of them are in the Hall of Fame just now. And then your three that aren't are Christian, Chris Jericho and Randy Orton, who will be in there at some point. Now, albeit Mark Henry still hadn't put everything together and, and Scott Steiner was starting to, to really break down. But even Scott Steiner in this match looked as if he played his part. Um, Mark Henry, to be fair, his single should have come with a parental advisory warning. That was <laughs> that was that was something. I forgot about that. I forgot about that that get up that he had, um, and 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 I liked that there was just there was just things about it that that I really liked. The two teams coming out together, I suppose it's yes. not it's not it wasn't ten individ or five individuals in each team. They were they were two teams, and they were all buying into it. The faces after every pinfall. They knew it was at stake, and they were celebrating every pinfall as if they'd won the match, which I which I really really liked. Um, the we'll talk about the the blade job that everyone thinks about when when they talk about this show has yet to come. But my God, Sean cuts himself really deep. I forgot how disgusting it was. Um, I, yeah, I think it was just everything. Everything was was really good, down to the commentary, down to Austin at the end not realising that he that his team get beat. Um, Sean at the very end saying, I'm so sorry, I've let you down. The, there was a silence in the arena at the three count that I think has only ever been replicated when The Undertaker lost at WrestleMania 30. It was just everything about this match. I'm not saying this is the perfect match, but everything surrounding this match from, from, from start to finish I think was as perfect as it could be given the story that was involved I went four and a half on this one I like it even more watching it tonight than I remember it than, than I remember liking it at the time Okay that's fair enough and in fairness to Mark Henry as well it only took him another eight years to get it so it, you know it, 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 it was a very big jigsaw that he was piecing together Oh yeah 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 just be be the world's strongest man and just be big. That's you know, that's really difficult. Um, <laughs> I've um, not done it yet. Well, <laughs> well, neither have I, mate. I can't exactly fat shame, can I? You know what I mean? Uh, Logan, like like I say, I'm not even gonna go negative yet because I, I I I am going to, but not yet because everything from when Sean goes three on one is just off the wall. Brilliant. And like Callum says, the crowd heat for this match is unbelievable. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, I, I just think it's amazing. Um, I went four and a half as well. Um, as uh, with Callum, um, Christian and Devon, I thought was a weird opening pair to kind of open the match, but you know, they have history with each other. So it makes sense. Um, it's amazing how far Steiner fell throughout the year that like, you know, he was main eventing the first two pay-per-views of the year with Triple H and now he's just kind of like the 
leftover part of a <laughs> Survivor Series he, team. He literally is the fifth wheel. Yeah, yeah, yeah literally. Um, but, you know, Aiden, he locks in the Steiner recliner, and it's always sucked as a move, but it really sucks at this point because he's basically just standing there holding the other person's chin. Um, Booker's another person that's fallen pretty hard since Mania as well. Uh, him being eliminated first. Uh, as part of the 83rd try to push Mark Henry is kind of telling of his position. Um, I, I don't think Mark Henry's bad. I don't think he ever was bad. Uh, maybe at the beginning of his career, you know, but he was green at that point. So I'll give him a little uh, credit, but I think he just always got hurt. So it looks like, you know, they tried to get behind him. You know, he tore his meniscus. They tried to get behind him again. He tore up his shoulder. Uh, but like, you know, it's just, I think he just had a bad luck of, in, or a bad string of bad injuries um and then he finally stayed healthy for a while and they got behind him and it actually worked so um i think his it, it pro- i think his problem was more injury than it was him not being able to get to that point um i do love the sandwich pin to kind of eliminate henry eventually like both dudleys and rvd pin him by all sitting on top of each other um I said RVD must have owed Randy money because Randy comes in and just absolutely bludgeons RVD. At one point, he clotheslines the shit out of him. He throws a couple of stiff, real punches and kicks. Uh, so uh, RVD must have been on Randy's shit list or something coming into this match. <laughs> um, Jericho uh, eliminates Devon at one point with his uh, short-lived alternate finisher that he did in like 2001 when he was doing his... Uh, it's kind of like a... I don't even know how to describe it. He just like grabs him by the neck and drives him down uh, as he's kind of running towards him. Um, but it was a cool move, and I like they busted it out in this one. Um, whoever was uh, in the booking room in this match really liked Bubba, and it was, you know, he got that little O2 push when he was by himself. So whoever that was must have been booking this match as they make Bubba look great for the portion that he's in the match. He kind of actually wards off all the three members that are left at that point before he finally gets eliminated. Um, but the real match begins after that point. All-time gusher by Sean, that, like uh, Callum said. Um one of the best all-time switch in music, like, falls into the pen on Christian. Like, he hits it and immediately falls on top of him, gets the elimination. Um, this is also a great uh, Jim Ross performance. I think he really brings it in this one. Uh, you know, Stone Cold's his buddy. Didn't want to see him get fired or, you know, all, all that kind of jazz. Um, there is a chair shot from Jericho uh, on Sean. I always bite on that as the finish because I think, you know, Randy's just going to roll on top of him and pin him at that point. Um, when Orton uh, gets hit with the stunner, um, that that pop is amazing. That's an all, all, almost an all-timer pop there. And then the perfect ending, I thought it was a huge spot for Orton, a huge spot for Batista to kind of take out Sean to kind of end this run for Stone Cold Steve Austin. So um, just the last 15 minutes are probably some of the most entertaining parts of wrestling that I could come up with, but, and you know, the first little bit may have muddled around and lasted a little too long, but I think that last bit is just so great that it makes up for anything that you could complain about for the first half. So I, I went four and a half, like Callum said, uh, I am going to complain about it. So thank, thanks for leading me in. Thank you. Good segue. Good segue. <laughs> when I say complain, right. Like I've, and, I've, and I've said it, it is one of the great performances. It's one of the, like you just said, it's one of the best 15 minutes. And I've took all that into account. But 
you have the great 15 minutes and then you have the I'm not going to you have the bloody awful plodding first 20 minutes where there is literally no psychology it's just like hit a move tag hit a move tag punch kick tag boom eliminate boom Stacy's showing her ass like I, I, you know it's just I, I couldn't really get into it like I, I mean whether it's because I was watching it obviously way after the fact but all I was doing is just waiting for that for that three on one bit. That's all I was waiting for. Like if I could have fast forwarded it, I would have done. So I went three and three quarters on it because you've got to, like you've got to see. Like we try to, we, we do try and see the good here, and you know I'm going to raise it up because of the good. No, well, okay, I will use my maths as I've used it. Right, so two and a half for the first part, four and a half by the end. And I've had I've I've split it and I've added a bit on for Sean's performance at the end. I think that's perfectly reasonable. I know you two don't agree with me, probably, but I, that's my that's my opinion. Yeah, if we were staff late a bit, Callum, we'd still be we'd be well over four, wouldn't we? Seven. Oh, seven. We're going seven. That, yeah, I, I get your I, I I get I get your point, but. I think I, I I I was watching it. I watched it. I watched it yesterday. Um, did I watch it yesterday? I did watch it yesterday. I finished. <laughs> I, fi- I finished. We haven't quite I, hit midnight. We haven't quite hit midnight yet. I, fin- I finished yesterday's watch on it, and I watched the last two matches tonight. Um, and I I I watched it thinking everyone everyone plays their part. You get the guys out that you need to get out early doors. Um, but I thought. Yeah, I, it wasn't like the SmackDown match where you've got five also runs and you get them out mm. really, really quickly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I felt like everybody, everybody in this one had had a bit of a name. I felt that it was it was fine, but the story you had to tell was the faces are getting the upper hand because they've got the momentum. They're full of they want or they want Austin to 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 to, to stay, and then sort of the numbers game catches up on them because it was strange to see the face team were always one ahead. Until Michaels, until the three on one, and then you get the three on one, and you're thinking that that that's it. And then Sean does what he does, and as I say, Sean's the perfect guy to do the to do the three on one. This match wouldn't have worked if Sean wasn't the fifth man. Mm, definitely. If, if it was if it was Booker or Rob Van Dam or whoever else was on the on, on the raw roster, it might have you, you would have had the sympathy, but you wouldn't have had you wouldn't have Sean doing what he does. Um, I could, but I, but I do, I, I, I do see your point in it. And Sean's at his best favorite, like you know, this and the like 2010 Royal Rumble when he's trying to win it, so he can take her again at Mania. That, that that's when he's at his best. Is when he mm. he's absolutely desperate to win, and like you know, if he doesn't win, it's you know a big big deal. He doesn't want to disappoint. Austin here, and he doesn't want to not face Undertaker there. So, I just feel like the, the, those are a couple of his like best singular performance in a match that involves yeah. multiple people. So, well, I, I know, I know it's sort of WrestleMania 19 where everybody sort of points to that as the moment where you, you knew Sean was quote unquote back, and it was going to be for a long time. I would actually say it's more this match that that clicked that into my head because it was like like you just said he was he wasn't just having the match with Jericho he you know he was he'd obviously even had a pay-per-view match with Orton at this point and you know he was facing Christian it was a perfectly normal thing and it 
this was the match that I was like, this guy's, you know, he is genuinely going to be sticking around for a while. This isn't just like a year special occasion wrestling. He's going to be properly week every week. He's going to be on. Yeah, because I think we talked about it on the on, on the Mania nineteen podcast many moons ago. Mm. Part, was, three still, part three still still to come. The, so, <laughs> SummerSlam was one final match. Survivor Series. Right, we'll, we'll then do Survivor Series. Oh, do you fancy doing the Rumble? Right, we'll do the Rumble. Right, you did well at the Rumble. Do you want to face? Do you want to do one more WrestleMania run? Of course I do. And then you had Backlash was the fallout for WrestleMania. Then Bad Blood. He faced Ric Flair and you're like, right, he obviously wanted to face Ric Flair once. Orton, you put Orton over at Unforgiven and then you're at this match. I think you're right. I think this is the time that people were like, okay, he's been back for a year and he's done stuff that he might want to do, like face Flair and had mm. one, mar- last, one last WrestleMania match. But this was a match that showed he's, that the old Shawn Michaels is absolutely mm. 100% still there. He's, he's not just faced the greats or his friends. So, you know, he's, he's not just faced a Triple H. He's not he's, just faced a Jericho or no. a Flair. He's facing a guy like a guy like Christian, who we all love at this point, is basically just a mid-carder. Randy mm. Orton, who is just a kid at this point, yeah. you know, giving a massive push when he's yeah. just a kid. And he's trusted himself with these guys. And, they, and he's, so they've obviously decided, A, he's decided I can wrestle, like, pretty much full-time. And they're giving him the ball and running with it to teach these people how to get to the next level. He didn't keep this match off the PT Ben pedestal, Ben, no matter how hard you tried. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I think we should run the Seananomics for this one just now. Because he made, he made Batista look like a killer as well with a power bump. Mm. Mm-hmm. Oh, the, um, like I say, it's, 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 my, my, I'm, I'm not even calling it a problem. It's, it's, it's just that first off the match takes it away from me. That is literally it. If you start that match from three or one, you know, I'm all in. That's just the nature of a Survivor Series match sometimes, though. Well, you know, yeah, but this one's not five for me. If it was just the three on one, I think it would be five. But I mean, I, I mm. get, I get it. The beginning isn't great, but it's mm. not, it's not bad enough to tank it like you had. <laughs> Tanking it, it's still three and three quarters. <laughs> Tanking it would say, oh yeah, it's only two and a half. That's. <laughs> That's at least three quarters of <laughs> All right, gents. So after the match, Steve Austin leaves with Shawn Michaels, basically shaking his hand, giving him a hug, and they have, you know, they're able to leave the ring together. Then heads back to the ring for a farewell address. He says it's fitting that his career start. Sorry, sorry. I'll just start again. He says because his career started in Dallas, it's fitting it ends here as well. The coach then comes out with security to gloat. But coach forgets that Austin is fired and can pretty much do whatever he wants at this point. So he attacks the security and gives a stunner to the coach. He takes in all the cheers of the crowd and leaves two beers in the ring as a last goodbye. Of course, that last goodbye would last about six weeks. Uh, I mean, again, not taking away from the match, but, you know, maybe we should have held off from Austin. We wouldn't have had Sheriff Austin in the buggy. Yeah, I mean, I didn't, <clears throat> I didn't um, focus on on the fact that he came back six years later. The thing that I was, the thing that I found, 
um, the funniest and the note I've made is he talks about how it started in Dallas and it ends in it ends in Dallas. It's fitting that it ends in Dallas, <clears throat> but it's a bit like that meme where the guy's going in for his gun and goes phone an ambulance, but not for me. He's like, <laughs> it, it ends in Dallas, Texas, but not today. Because obviously <laughs> at WrestleMania this year he has his last uh, hashtag real match hashtag cable Tim Cable approved match. Um, oh, absolutely. So that, that that that's the bit that I don't know. Obviously, it's Dallas is the biggest place they could have have a WrestleMania, and so so it's it's not overly surprising that his last one was in Dallas. But it's quite funny that he's talking about how his career ends in Dallas when twenty odd years later his career actually did end in Dallas at the main event mm. of WrestleMania. I did quite. I did. <laughs> oh, right, did I, yeah. I, I was going to say. I was going to say. We might. We if we're talking again in about five months' time. <laughs> I'm all for it after watching. For, for now, yes. It, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I, sign me up if it's as any good as Owens Austin was. After, I'll have it. Oh, Austin Knoxville, right, Hollywood. <laughs> I think. Well, let's, you know, it might. It might happen. We don't know, do we? You know, who knows. <laughs> What about Austin Logan Paul? I would take oh. it. Oh. What about Johnny Knoxville, Logan Paul? Oh, <laughs> Will not be as good as as uh, Sammy and uh, Johnny. <laughs> Sammy and Logan Paul. There's, there's, very, there's very few times where watching wrestling where I have genuinely laughed out loud. I think that the Sammy Zayn Johnny Knoxville match is one of those few occasions. <laughs> Sami Zayn and Logan Paul. Mm. There's a match. It could well, pay off like a three-year storyline, and that—that that, that is who brought him in in the first place. It was. Mm. I think. I think Sami's got. I think Sami's got a bit of UC business, and then he's going to the head of the table first. Mm-hmm. But we'll, we'll we'll see about that. Um, our next match in the ring, gentlemen, is a buried alive match between the Undertaker and one Vincent Kennedy McMahon. The video package beforehand focuses on Taker having this match with Vince because he feels he has been screwed over professionally and personally. Uh, Logan, I'm going to go straight to you first because I know when we were talking about this in our chat, um, this match was the thing you wanted to talk to the most. Um, Let's talk about Vince's blade job first. Um, whether you think it's business exposing or not, that man, that man knows how to cut himself deep. My God, yeah, Hall of Fame level blade job here. One punch from the soup bone from uh, or whatever your soup bone, whatever they called uh, his little gloves that Undertaker wore. One shot made him bleed, and he bled buckets. It was all over the place. It was all over the mats, the announce table. It was just disgusting. Um, but at the beginning of the match, the I, I love that Taz had his little short-lived keys to victory. It kind of reminded me of the uh, bullet points that we had in TNA on Highway to the Impact Zone there for a while. Yeah. Um, but this is just all-out abuse on the boss. Um, it, Taker beats the shit out of him, just goes all over the place. Um, the, sh- the shovel shot is one of my all-time favorite weapon weapon shots that he delivers in this match and the sound is just just so brutal and i love every bit of it um the ankle smash in the steps is absolutely disgusting um vince pulls out a uh you'll appreciate this one ben 
Vince pulls out a naturals level dirt throw when they get to the mound. So he uh, <laughs> throws the dirt up and doesn't come anywhere near Vince's face. But uh, Ben will know what I mean on that one. Um, the the only the only part I hate about this match is I hate the explosion like knocks out Undertaker instead of just like distracts him and you know Kane just kind of has to punch him a couple times and throw him in the in, in the hole. I kind of wish Kane had like choke slammed him into the hole or something like that because I really hate that the like explosion hurts the Undertaker because uh, it really shouldn't have been like that. Like it, if it caught him off guard and he was kind of you know lost his sorts a little bit, I get it, but it they acted like it knocked him out so um finish aside i thought it was a very enjoyable match i always like watching vince get his ass kicked um but as i went first i'm going to hold off on my rating because i kind of want to see what y'all went on it first <laughs> oh it's one of so, those matches is it <laughs> yeah, probably. Mm-hmm. Um, now Callum logan's already mentioned it but i'm gonna mention it as well um because kevin dunn gets a lot of shit from people for camera shots or the same camera shots now but that camera shot of when Taker hits Vince with a shovel and you get the perfect frame with the blood flying out, that is one of the, that was genuinely one of the best shots I have seen on a wrestling show. I, I mean, we talked about Kane taking the ambulance door right to the right to the face. Vince doesn't even attempt to put his hands up. This was just, that was just sheet metal on skull. It was <laughs> disgusting, and 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 the fact that it wasn't one of these quick cuts at the at the, at the t- timed perfectly to the to to the to the the the, the sound of the um, the shovel getting hit in the head was it just made it all it made it all the better. I, I do agree with you. It was nice to just see it all played out nicely. Um, yeah, I mean, you say that Vince McMahon knows how to cut himself. I th- I would debate that. Um, <laughs> I said yeah, maybe that's, that, him, maybe that's the right way. Uh, I said he cut himself deep. I don't know if he knows how to do it properly. <laughs> oh, he certainly cut himself deep. That was, I mean, Sean. I don't know if Sean had a, no pun intended, a rush of blood to the head when when he did it, and he just goes like he just did it a bit too a bit too quickly. But my God, Vince just. And then, and Bruce Pritchard would always say on his podcast, Vince would not do anything he didn't expect. Um, he would not ask you to do something he didn't. He wouldn't do. He wouldn't do himself. But my God, he didn't need to cut himself as deep as that was. That was disgusting, really, really quickly. Um, and 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 he's going to be rolling about in dirt later on as well. I mean, think of that. That's just <laughs> just unsanitary. It is unsanitary. I mean, we've we've had we've almost had Vince get some form of ailment because he was running around in dirt with a with his with a massive gash in his forehead. We almost had the ambulance exploding because the pyro was too close. Um the by the live matches and, and, and the way they need to finish always fairly not quite as anticlimactic as last man standing matches, but certainly the, 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 there is a bit of a bit of anticlimax there because you need to get the guy incapacitated and then there's a bit of a wait before the final bell. Um, I, I, I I don't mind the way they did it, but I do think that that the Undertaker rolling into the rolling into the thing after the explosion, and then Kane slapping him a couple of times, um, not quite as as impactful as say the Austin stunning the Undertaker in at Rock Bottom, 
or uh, what was the one that was on what was the one that was on SmackDown and and, and the big show I think the big show choke slammed Mick Foley into it or, or near it because oh, he took yeah, a, the rock and no, he, he, he threw him from the he threw him from the stage and he <laughs> is that what him. it was that was yeah. it and and Mick landed about three feet short and almost broke every rib in his body, um, <laughs> but that was impactful. This one was just like, oh, I've I've obviously been hit in the face with fire, not enjoyable. But then it was just like, all right, I'm going to fall in here. Kane's going to give him a wee bitch slap. Just go, and then <laughs> and then you have yeah you have the thing, and he's like telling him to go up. I like the visual of of the the dirt coming down and Kane with the Undertaker pose, um, but this one is this one was just more of a an elongated like a, 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 a an elongated angle more than a match really. It mm. was just the culmination of, of 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 the story that was happening in, in the run up to it. Um, so I'm interested to hear your thoughts, Ben. I am also going to defi- I'm also going to defend. Oh, oh, we're doing this now, are we? Let's let's gang up on let's gang up on the host. I've got I've got question mark stuff on Right. I am gonna I'm gonna say straight away what my star rated is. So I have gone one star for the match. As a oh, match. God. No, as a match, <laughs> but okay. give me give me the whole thing and I this this falls right into the um, the pantheon of entertaining crap. Like I know it's rubbish. Like it's literally just punches. But Vin, give me Vince blame yourself. I mean, I even said in our chat. You know, in terms of like entertainment star rating, that shovel shot's worth two stars on its own. So as a wrestling match, it's one star. As an entertainment package, it's four or five. Easy. I also enjoyed. I also enjoyed how when Kane came out, they got rid of Vince, and clearly there was somebody else driving the digger, and you never saw Vince again because <laughs> Vince was basically getting himself checked, having to get himself very quickly to hospital or to, to be checked out backstage. <laughs> right now, it's your turn to give star ratings. I've I yeah. got my neck on the line. I'll, I'll use my un- uncensored ninety-five uh, math that I used uh, in that show, and I'll say. <laughs> No, it, it was probably like a one-star wrestling match per se, but uh, just five-star entertainment. So I'll, I'll go in the yes. middle and go two and a half. Two and a half is what I had written down, and that's my reasoning. Actually, yes. I was thinking about think about what you just said and what I said about Aust- the previous match. I should go about two, two and a half. To be fair, Callum. Yeah, I think. <clears throat> excuse me. I think this is one. I don't know if this made. Did this maybe make one of our GWWE lists back in the day, Ben? Um, Because did it make mine? I I can't remember if it made mine or not. Because I think the two you've hit the nail on the head. It's not. It's not a very good match. There's not much to the match, but it's one of these matches like a a one two star match, but a five star package. Mm. Um, So yes, I fully agree with 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 everything that, that, that you said. I think. Yeah, I'll go. I'll I'll plonk straight in the middle for for two and a half as well, because as a as a match, not any great shakes. As an angle, superb. After and Sean match, Vince oh at WrestleMania uh, is kind of the same for me. Like I, I love that match uh, because Vince just gets the shit kicked out of him. So I, I guess mm. I just really enjoy watching Vince get his ass kicked. So, um, uh, yeah. but it's the same thing pretty much. 
Well, going go to Callum's point in the first half for this show, you know, there isn't many wrestlers with a with a with a good match ratio like Vince. To be fair, out there, mm-hmm. yeah. the whole McMahon family, really, if you think about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, even thingy, because even even Stephanie and I, I always I always go back to Stephanie and Trish at No Way oh, yeah. two thousand and one. Oh yeah, performing that's, that's what I mean. Yeah. Yeah, performing a minor miracle because those are two girls that, that didn't have much experience at all, and it was watchable for five mm. minutes. It was perfectly fine. Mm-hmm. I think I because think... because their matches are all very story heavy and story orientated, it does it does help. But absolutely, you can't can't fault. I also want to mention, Jabber, before we get to the final match, because after after the uh, after the contest at the gravesite, we then go back to ringside and we uh, we get a shot of Michael Cole and Taz. Uh, two things from that shot: one, we see the the sheer amount of blood that's been left by Vince, both on the floor and on the announce table. And I'm, I'm going to mention him now because you know you know we'll get to the fastest stages at the end, but we get a full shot of Taz's beautiful powder blue suit that he's wearing. He, he's really got the sound tonight. So, you know, I just want, to, just want to get that in quick before I forget. Um, like I say, though, there is one more match left tonight, and that's our main event for the World Heavyweight title, and it is the champion Goldberg facing Triple H. Uh, the video package before the match focuses on the $100,000 bounty that has been put on Goldberg by Triple H to attack him, and Going back to Starcade 983, there uh, you got it. You've always got to steal from the classics, I say. Um, that money was collected by a returning Batista who was able to crush Goldberg's ankle. At this point in 2003, we are in Cycle Sheet Shorts era Triple H as he managed to tear his groin just before. SummerSlam, and uh, it still isn't 100%. Now, you'd think a normal guy would have some time off, but not Triple H at this point. Um, Callum, I will say they were they were going for they were going for the big epic feel with this match, going for the main event, you know, the big epic main event. But that isn't Goldberg's thing. He's he's you know he's he's four or five minutes in out kind of guy. Not not this in between 10-15 minutes kind of affair. No, this this wasn't great. I and I, I, I um. I, I'm not, I'm I'm not a massive Triple H fan, but I'm also not his biggest detractor, mm. and so I, I think he's obviously very very clever to to the wrestling business, as you can see from from NXT and, and and all these things. He's obviously got a mind for the business, but I will never never understand why he thinks this match will get this type of match will get somebody over. He did it with Goldberg. He's done it with Roman Reigns. It never ever works. And I don't know if they've if they've done this because they they did this type of match because Goldberg's not going to carry a match with guy with a guy that's injured. So I think are they are they trying to hide Triple H's injury and Goldberg's lack of ability to then work around that? I don't know. A bit too many bells and whistles towards the end. Um, this should have been if Triple H is injured, as you're quite right, Ben, in out typical Goldberg match. I don't know if they, I don't know if it's that doesn't work for me, brother, or it's a kind of what does that, what does that, how does that benefit anyone in the match? Because Goldberg's already beaten Triple H, it doesn't help Triple H because he's just been squashed by Goldberg going into what happens the following month. I don't know, but it's 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 one of these 
it, it's one of these things that it just it, it was never ever going to work. And for somebody who, for Triple H, who said it was growing up in the northeast and it was his dream to 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 be uh, to to wrestle for the WWE, he's um, majorly cosplaying on a on a Ric Flair Harley race trip with the, <laughs> with the with the with the the good old uh, Jim Crockett bounty angle and working this type of working this type of main event. Um, but the one thing that I also noticed is Goldberg coming out for last match. Amazing how they killed Goldberg's mystique so mm. quickly. Oh yeah, unbelievable. Um, yeah, this wasn't fantastic. Well, I would I would say they killed for me at this point they killed Goldberg's mystique at that one night in SummerSlam because he. He ran through everybody in the in the chamber and then lost to Triple H with the with the sledgehammer shot. Aye, but I think again that's I I don't know if that's Triple H. I think that was more Triple H, not more of a that doesn't work for me, brother. That's a for whatever reason he thought the best thing to do was put Goldberg over one on one by himself. Whereas if you have him run through five guys, that does a hell of a lot more than having him lose to then beat Triple H one on one. You're yeah. just, uh, yeah, it, it kills it all. Yeah, I mean, Logan, what I would, my, I've just been thinking about this. So what I would have done is would have had him run through the five guys at the elimination chamber. And you could just have had him face Flair here, just two minutes. You know, have Flair be, you know, have Flair do the heel shit, you know, on the rolls beforehand. And then two, three minutes, bish, bash, bosh, you're gone. And then you can still have Triple H coming back the night after and starting the Armageddon stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, and you could have done the other guys, and like, yeah, you could have done Flair one month, and then you know he, he could have won at SummerSlam, face Flair at Unforgiven, and then maybe here give. Oh well, I mean Orton probably. I don't know. Just give some some kind of evolution, like you know, yeah. gauntlet that he had to go through, you've or something done, like yeah. that. You've done, you've done, you've done the, you've done the Batista thing with the crush of the ankles. So that would have been a perfect match. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't have to be the main event of the show. They could have honestly main evented mm. the Austin Bischoff thing. I think that was yeah. probably the bigger story coming in anyways. Um, but yeah, they could have done something like that. Um, mm. I think that would have come off a lot better. Um, mm. But yeah, I, I, this match isn't great. Uh, no main event that Triple H is in at this point was or ever will be by anybody's standards. Yeah. <laughs> um, but like character-wise, beardless bike shorts Triple H is probably my least favorite. Like Triple H should always have a beard. He just looks like a jackass without one. Um, and the bike shorts just make him even more of a jackass. Um, I I really do like that Goldberg sells the leg pretty well throughout the match. There's a couple of spots where you know he doesn't really do it as well, but he goes for a gorilla plant at one point, and he actually it actually does kind of give out on him. Or, uh, uh, so I did like that he did that. I like the focus leg work that Triple H did. Um, I also like that uh, Goldberg disposes of all the Evolution members, but I do think it's kind of crappy that like two sledgehammer shots to the gut took out Orton and Batista, like it completely incapacitated them. Yeah. I thought that was kind of weak. Um, but either way, much better than I remembered it being from previous watches. I've always hated this match, but I thought it was better than I r- remembered it being. And nothing was more than perfectly fine in this. But uh, yeah, I-, I went to just because I thought it was perfectly fine. But other than that, you know, it- it's another Triple H main event pay-per-view. But it's probably one of his better ones just because, 
it wasn't awful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I went I went two as well, but and like I say, it's it's more like say just the Goldberg the the, the time that Goldberg's matches are meant to be four or five minutes long. No, no even fifteen minutes is a stretch for him. Oh yeah, exactly. Like, I mean, I did. There was some good psychology in here, like some of the leg, you know, leg and ankle work, and you know, the press slam that he, you know, he collapsed on. He collapsed on the press slam, so I enjoyed that. But like, even you could have heard the injury so much better. Just like you say, just have a three-on-one match versus Evolution, you know, just something like that. Mm-hmm. It wouldn't have been yeah, a problem. They could have done something else for sure. Definitely. So, gentlemen, that is the end of the show, but it's not the end of our show as we've got some awards to give out. Okay, let's start with the best match. Um, and I'm not even going to go around. I think we're in full agreement. The Raw tag? Yep. 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 Uh, okay, so worst match. I'm going to go to Callum first. I, 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 would, I would go... Uh, the, 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 the tag title match. I think mm. uh, Logan yeah I went two stars on three different matches but I, I think that one's probably the worst of the two stars for sure mm. I'll go with the Basham's Guerrero's the, the worst match so worst match rating wise originally although I did decide to bump it up live on the air the worst match I gave ratings wise was Vincent Vincent Taker but <laughs> I would give I would watch that all day any day over Let's, I'm going to go with Shane versus Kane. I could not be doing with that. Well, Just, so, yeah, sorry, boys. Just did no, not enjoy that okay. one bit. <laughs> you know, I, I like to apologize. Uh, most surprising match, Logan. So surprisingly good, surprisingly bad. Whatever you want to go with. Um, I'll go with the women's match, shockingly enough. I thought that was much better than I was expecting. And I, even I'll give a shout to the main event. It was better than I thought it would be and better than I remembered it. But I'll, I'll yeah. go with the women's match because I thought it was a pretty solid women's match for this time period. That's fair enough. Uh, Callum, same question to you. Um, I'll go with the ambulance match because I have, on rewatching that, I went in thinking Shane matches are norm- from this period of time are normally quite good. And I was I was disappointed in in, in, in it. <laughs> I wasn't shockingly bad. I was just shocked at, at Shane's poor poorish performance. So I'm I'm going to go with two. So uh, Logan, I'm going to agree with on the women's match for Molly's performance. A lot a lot better than I remember. But I'm going to go surprisingly bad. And it wasn't bad. It's just given the level of talent in there, you'd I'd expect more than you know just about three star match. And that was the opening match. You know that should have been touching four as well, given who was in there. But it just, it just, they weren't given the time to get to that level. You weren't given four stars, or you weren't getting four stars with Nathan Jones and Matt Morgan involved. No, you, no, I didn't say. No, I didn't you, say you gave right. to. I said you should, you should have been touching that. You should, have, you should have been in that three and a half, four star range, given if, who was in there. Yeah, if you, but because if of because of two or three others who were in there, you didn't. <laughs> if, if you'd kept it, if you'd get rid of Jones and Morgan and then Holly and Bradshaw, and you'd had more time with A Train. And Big Show and Brock against Angle, Cena, and Benoit. You probably would have get, you could have get three and a half, four stars out of that. Mm. Mm. That's fair enough. Um, okay, so there's no. I would say there's no hidden gems tonight because I think the uh, the Raw Survivor Series match gets the credit it fully deserves from everybody. Yeah, I agree yeah. with that. 
Uh, okay, um, so I'm going to give, I'm going to start the Sean Kidd Award off for this biggest shit take, and I'm going to give it, well, I'm not, well, I'm saying I'm going to give it to myself, because I kind of know what's going to come, but the fact that I didn't <laughs> go over, the fact that I didn't go over four stars for the, for the said raw tag, I'm, I'll, I'll, I'll take the heat. I'll, I'm, I, you know, I'm, I'm quite happy to take the heat. Uh, I wouldn't say that you think I wouldn't say that that's necessarily a shit take because you actually gave very valid reasons for it well, I do try I do, you know, um, I, I try to give valid reasons all the time do I, do I necessarily agree with you? no but I don't <laughs> he listened to my argument he disagreed with it but he listened and that's you know that's, that's democracy that is. Um, speaking of which, Logan, uh, is, you know, is there are there any other contenders tonight apart from my good self? Us probably giving two and a half to the uh, Barry Laugh match. Probably. Yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I can't wait to hear one Mister Kid's reaction to that. But uh, <laughs> I, I will support that till the day I die. And I gave perfectly good ma- mathematical reasons. So. You did. There was there was some good Loganomics going on there. Our next award, gentlemen, is the Fashion Statements Award. Um, and I'll, I'll go. I'll start again with that because, like I said, you know, I I very much did enjoy Taz's powder blue suit, like he was off to a graduation prom. I really, really thought that was good. And also, and I don't. I think this was the very 2003 fashion at the time when when they had those little graphics of the you know the wrestlers before the match. Both Triple H and Vince had those big collared shirts like they were like they were like they were John Travolta on Saturday Night Fever, and I I, yes. I rather enjoyed that too. Uh, Logan, what about any any from you? Uh, I didn't really take note of any, but um, you mentioned Taz's powder blow suit. I did remember that. That was very nice. But I'm gonna go with Vince and his like. Uh, street fight attire, his uh, black jeans and his uh, cut-off uh, sleeve uh, black shirt, so I'll, I'll go with that and his gloves that he has on, so I'll go with Vince's uh, street fight attire that he always wears. Excellent, excellent. Uh, Callum? Um, I would... Eric Bischoff with his leather jacket but with the, with his sleeves rolled up was a look... <laughs> It was a look, and and obviously it's probably the only thing they're ever going to win in this show. But clearly the brother Gimp, and there, that is uh, that. Oh is, yeah, that, that that is uh yeah that was a. That's good a get up, and 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 Taz only for Taz trying to explain what it is. <laughs> the brother's Gimp, and I've just got this image of Bischoff as like this tough guy hipster with his. <laughs> well, I think that's that's what he was going for. I think it was just. <laughs> I'm, I'm oh, he's definitely him. trying to be a tough guy for sure. <laughs> I will stick with you, Callum. Um, the big award of the evening is this show chicken salad or chicken shit? Oh, it's definitely salad. Definitely right, I salad, would, yeah. I would say, I would say salad. I want to hear what uh, type of salad now from from Logan. Oh yeah, I get the feeling this will be. I get the feeling this will be some lovely salads. Yeah, this is this is like the easiest salads uh, for in a while. I feel like the ones that have been salad uh, over the last uh, the last little while have been like barely like we've either gone barely shit or barely salad. So uh, this one's a layup. This one's salad for sure. Um, it, it's a very good gourmet salad that you get at a very nice restaurant. <laughs> oh, get you, get you, get you, fancy Dan. <laughs> 
All right, gents. Our, we've got we, that's it for the awards, but we have got one last thing to do, and that is to put this show on our league table. Um, so I think from what we've all said, I'm very confident this is going to be at the bottom end of the 30 matches, which means it's it's quite good. If you remember our league table, uh, the number one is the worst match of all time. So I think we can put this ne- very near the bottom. Um, so I'm looking at our league table as I speak. Our number 24 is WrestleMania 9. And I would say this show's better than WrestleMania 9. What say you? Yes. Yes. Right, so I will read the I will read the rest of the list, and then we can just decide where we're going to put it after that. So after WrestleMania Nine, we have got Halloween Havoc ninety eight. Better than that. Yeah. Backlash 05. I would say better, better and more memorable than that. Yep. Yes. Starcade is eighty nine. Is at twenty seven, and God love him, and we all do. But I think that was very much a Sean push to get it that high or low. He's not around anymore, so we can say that. <laughs> well, no, I, I think it was more that he, he just didn't like the booking of that show, but it actually really wasn't that bad, but I would put it above yeah. that as well. Yeah, I would yeah. put it up, yeah. Number 28, SummerSlam 93. Number 29, King of the Ring 93. I think it's better than SummerSlam 93. And I think your mileage is going to vary based on how you, I, again, I tell us all this time come, come November and and, <laughs> and and Survivor Series, do you put Brett's overall performance that night against Sean's on this one? I would put it between SummerSlam and King of the Ring. Okay. That's exactly uh, where I would put it as well. Mm-hmm. I would put it just below SummerSlam, but we are a, dem- as we have pointed out several times on this podcast tonight, we are a democracy on this show. So I am very happy to put it between SummerSlam and King of the Ring. So that is where it's going to go. See, I am, I am growing, people. I am growing. As much as I love Shawn Michaels, Bret Hart's performance at King of the Ring 93 is one of the best perf- one of the best hour performances you could find from anybody on any wrestling show ever. 100%. It's got, and it's got the banger matches and it's got more historical significance I would argue. Yes. Mm-hmm. 100%. To go to get to go with the full Sean, you know, the the, the full uh, pedestal treatment. <laughs> <laughs> yes, this right. show is not very historically significant, but it uh, no. it is uh very good in the pantheon of bad shows, I guess. But if you like, if you like gory blade jobs, this show is definitely the one for you. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> 1000 percent on that one. <laughs> okay, <Two> Logo. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay, Logo. Whilst you're here, is there anything that you would like to plug and, t- and lead the ladies and gentlemen to? <clears throat> um, yeah, just a few shows. Uh, <laughs> I have I have quite a few, so I'll run through them real quick. Uh, YouTube Roulette, we just had a new episode come out of that recently. Um, Highway to the Impact Zone is the one I host. Um, we just did three episodes. It came out on Thursday uh, as of this recording. Um, we did the last three shows of 2005, so we're moving into 2006 on our next one. Um, Starflation's one we all do together. I'll let Callum kind of 
go go more into detail on that. Uh, the Dangerous Alliance pod, Seven Months of Danger. Uh, we're going through the whole uh, storyline of that that group. Um, we are nearing the end of the year. We're about to do the Starcade episode next, so uh, that one will be fun. Um, and then Who's Next? I think we talked pre-pod about it a little bit, but uh, Who's Next is the new NXT pod. Uh, Mr. Atherton are doing uh, our first episode. We kind of talked about the roster, um, kind of how we felt, uh, where they were, where they're going to go, uh, and all that kind of stuff. So that's all I got right now. And can I just can I just very quickly add, God bless the two of you for trying to make NXT interesting. You know, <laughs> fair play to the both of you. <laughs> we do our- a, a couple of level up legends doing that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, Callum, anything that you would like to direct the uh, ladies and gentlemen to? Um, yes, so you may have heard um, recently, if you were listening to the NWA Saturday special, that Croc and Roll is on hiatus at this point in time. We are hoping to get it back in the new year, but uh, working behind the scenes for that. Um, I will... Uh, let Ben talk about uh, the other podcast that we are on with the podcast legend Rory McNamara because Ben is our ideas man. Um, but as Logan said, the three of us do the Starflation podcast, um, where we uh, look at five star matches from before June of 2018 uh, and reassess them uh, to the seven star scale that we now work with. Um, and there is also the uh, streaming services twitch.tv forward slash place to be nation, youtube.com forward slash at place to be nation, all one word, PTBN live on Facebook. Um, is there any point in telling you what the Twitter but keep, keep looking at uh, your. <laughs> Keep looking out for us on Mastodon, MySpace, and Bebo, just in case we turn up there. Anytime soon. <laughs> we're back on my, we're back on MySpace. Um, we've already got a fan. MySpace top. Oh. oh yes, I remember him. <laughs> I remember. Him. Yeah, Elon will let Elon will let us stay on Twitter for a bit. There might only be us there, to be honest. <laughs> Still not paying eight dollars a month. <laughs> I, I didn't know Vader had his own social media. Mastodon. <laughs> That's how, that's how we actually announced the Twitches. It's 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 time. It's time. It's twitching time. <laughs> that that sounds rude. That sounds ruder than we meant to do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, as for as for me, uh, the pods that the boys haven't mentioned. Um, so popcorn chicken salad will be back for November. Um, we are instituting rule number two of the podcast, which is the one Adam Sandler film a year that we're allowed to watch. So we are going to be watching an Adam Sandler movie in November. Uh, that will be me, Logan, and I'm 99% sure a special guest will be with us. But, uh, you know, hold on to that. Um, as Callum mentioned, the special relations are actually going to be back. We are recording this show, Chicken Salad, on the Saturday night. The special relations show is being recorded on Wednesday night. Um, that is the plan at the moment. Um, if you remember way back when on episode one of the podcast, we introduced ourselves and previewed the Survivor Series and other wrestling shows that were on at the time. We have moved on so far in our podcasting that what we're going to do for this episode is reintroduce ourselves whilst also previewing the Survivor Series and talking about wrestling shows that have taken place in the previous month. You know, it's forward-thinking, revolutionary podcasting that is happening here. And, uh, you know, 
it will be the usual two and a half, three hours of absolute nonsense uh, with Rory trying to speed us up, me and Callum up while we go off on tangents about Kevin Pressman. But, uh, you know, it's not going to happen. Oh, I, I, I forgot, Callum. We're also going to be watching a World Cup match, aren't we? Yeah, you, yeah. Who, who, who's actually playing that night? The small the, the small, um, the small distraction of the World Cup uh, is Belgium and Croatia, I believe. Uh, Belgium and Canada, sorry. We'll be Belgium watching. and Canada. Yes. You know, I mean, I mean, quite how Canada have got to the World Cup, I don't know, but you know, I'm sure we'll. Because it's a team full of Scottish players, so I'll be supporting uh-huh. Canada. Well, it's the only, t- it's the only team you've got. Oh, he went there. I can't wait to get bitched out at the quarterfinals again on penalties. Sorry. That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> at least we're there. <laughs> at least we're there. <laughs> well, well, oh, I'm sorry. I- I'm sorry that we. We lost to Ukraine out of principle, and we are not going. So we lost to Ukraine out of principle. One to show solidarity, solidarity to our Ukrainian brothers and sisters, and two, so we are not celebrating an oppressive Qatari regime. We did that out of principle. You well people, are you, America and and England will be playing each other in an oppressive state, and you'll be justifying. Everything that's going on to get to that point. So I hope the two of you are quite happy. I'll, I'm, I'm, I will sleep at night. I'm so proud of you, buddy. Well done. I will sleep. I will sleep at night. We got to the Euros last year, and that was enough major tournament for me for twenty years. <laughs> that's it. That's it. We've we've done enough now. We're, one, we're, we're there. Once every twenty-two years is good for us. <laughs> So yes, uh, expect more of this uh, World Cup banter that most of you <laughs> probably won't care about, but we'll we'll carry it on because that's kind of what we do. Uh, but yeah, we're we're definitely are we definitely are gonna be back. I know we've sort of said this for the last couple of months, but this time it actually is happening. <laughs> he says, if we don't record now, then you know you can shout at me later. <laughs> Uh, so, but, oh, this time it's definitely happening. Yeah, time. this time, this time it's personal electric boogaloo and all that. <laughs> so, for Logan Crosland and Callum McDougall and Ben Lock, and remember, everybody, in a world where you could be anything you want to be, be kind. Thank you so much for listening to Chicken Salad, and we will see you again next month. One, two, three, uh. my baby.
Shake it, 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 shake it